0: hello fellow time travelers i'm tony Whit with the doctor who target book club podcast the podcast in which we undertake the insert adjective here task of discussing in story order all of the doctor who novelizations i'm joined by
1: dalton hughes
0: and by and we record our episodes twice a month
2: you're listening to the video junkyard podcast enjoy your travels The video Jumpyard Podcast. We're yeah. yeah. here. A place that appeals to your deepest and darkest fantasies. It's a lion. It's a lion. It's a lion. The dead whose haunted souls hunt the living. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
0: And I'm all out of bubble This nightmare world emerges—a fearsome half-man, half-ape, with the strength of twenty demons. It's time. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Eric L. Branson, and with me, as always, is my friend and co-host Joe Peterson. Joe, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty good. How about you?
0: Ah, it's going good. It's been uh, as we're recording this, we're just. Uh, concluding our 4th of July week in celebrations so it's been a, a fun week of we've been uh, out doing stuff around town going to local festivals seeing fireworks you know nice. the stuff you do at 4th of July grilling out and blowing stuff up so yeah
1: i mean i i am today i was I was I had the kids home with me since they're on summer break and it feels like in Wisconsin at least we finally got some summer. We haven't done a weather report in a while. So it's finally oh, warm yeah, here. Got to get that uh, one in there. You know, finally <laughs> hit like sunny with in the 80s and stuff. So I got like the kids little kiddie pool out and they splashed around in it all day and I sat around outside in the sun and read comics and had a couple of beers and I'm I'm leaving for the field in a couple of days so I'm trying to like force myself to relax a little bit before yeah. I go and, and I'm on for two weeks. But so yeah, that's been that's been kinda nice. So uh and I was but I was good though. I I, I drank all my shitty beer during the day. So this evening when we record I can enjoy enjoys. something good. <laughs> and, which right now I'm actually I'm drinking a uh, Goose Island beer company's famous uh three one two Urban Wheat Ale, which is one of ah, my favorites. Yeah, good Chicago one. beer. Chicago classic, yeah
0: one yeah. of the first famous micro brew beers from the well that i remember being aware of so i'm sure I'm, i yeah. was not aware of many but yeah that's a, um
1: um
0: i myself am enjoying a chicago beer as well which a lot of mine are since we are still very close to chicago but this is uh the maplewood brewing company um fat pug oatmeal milk stout so mm. good very good uh kind of basic oatmeal style.
1: I mean, I don't mean basic as an insult. It's it's very good. So. You know, there's not a lot of those out. I mean, there, there's, as we've talked about before, just in non-recorded conversations, you know, it seems like popular beer styles go through trends for a while there. Everybody was doing IPAs. Or you could go everywhere and buy numerous IPAs. or Then mm-hmm. everybody was brewing sours for a little while. And, you know, you get into this kind of trendy thing. And I, I feel like certain stouts are getting that way Northeastern... now. Northeastern... But hazy ipas this summer which i love yeah. but yeah everyone's doing that and so yeah but the milk stouts i know that when we have ryan on the show that's always one of his favorites too is the left-hand brewing Company's uh, the nitro milk stout which is oh yeah excellent 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 it beer. is so yeah this one this one's an
0: excellent local stout one of my f- probably my favorite of chicago stouts and i'm trying to think and i'm talking just regular like out of the can we're not not barrel aged not because there's there's a lot of really incredible like small batch barrel aged stuff but
1: um just your basic you know oatmeal stout it's 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 pretty
0: pretty fantastic it's good
1: excellent that's one thing i'm really strongly considering doing is taking all of my growlers that i have from our little local community breweries here in oshkosh and filling them all before i drive out to utah for two weeks so i have a nice supply of good Year. since that's a great idea if you have the room to lug all the stuff i'll make the room no, on not, the way out i'm sure you probably do so. and that's not to say that that utah doesn't have um good breweries in fact the uh wasatch brewing company is excellent um out there so yeah there's there's quite a quite a number of good breweries in utah not something you normally think of but there really are and passing through yeah. colorado <laughs> too last year um i did make a point to stop in uh fort collins uh, when I was passing through Colorado, just because that's where fat tires made. So that's another another no, favorite one right? yep. too. So, but uh, but yeah, and you know, actually, it's it's I'm I'm glad that we just started last week doing this like what are you drinking thing because uh, the movie we're gonna talk about tonight needs it. Oh yes, I wish it was a little higher APV actually. So yeah, for this one, but <laughs> yeah, because we're continuing so, our Kevin Cosner post apocalyptic science fiction. stuff. We are, and
0: this may, as far as I know, this is the only other example, so by by process of elimination, if you're aware of the films of Kevin Costner, you've probably figured out what it is we're going to talk about, and that is the 1997 film The Postman. Or is it The Postman? We're not sure. They say it both ways in the movie. (laughs) In the future,
2: after the Great War. Our civilization lies in ruin. Government does not exist. Technology has been erased. And everything man remembers is gone. Out of the chaos, a lawless army will arise to prey on the few survivors. Fire! but to a people who have lost their hope. You are a dangerous man. I can see it in your eyes. (laughs) He will give them courage. I have a feeling about you. He will restore their memories of the past. It's the individual that counts. These people don't need dreams. They need help. Are you gonna bring them that? I want him bound. I want him dealt with. He will unite them. You have a gift, Postman. With a message of freedom. I challenge the leadership of the clan. You want a war? I'll give you a war! Kevin Costner, Academy Award-winning director of Dances with Wolves, brings you an epic new vision of our future. They're gonna be new law- there's
0: gonna be peace so from the back of the dvd box in 2013 there are no highways no eyeways no dreams of a better tomorrow only scattered survivors across what was once the united states into this apocalyptic wasteland comes an enigmatic drifter with a mule a knack for shakespeare and something yet undiscovered the power to inspire hope (laughs) dances with wolves double academy award winner kevin costner directs and plays a wayfarer in a world where might makes right but destined to lead a heroic rebellion where right makes right sweeping battle scenes breathtaking wilderness vistas and touching moments of personal triumph combine to ensure that the postman delivers yeah Uh. so the the back of the dvd blurb is almost as pretentious
1: as this movie which is uh it, it delivers like, <laughs> it, it, it it delivers the same way it delivers junk mail you know you are you may already be a winner it's god damn this it, yeah. this one was
0: tough okay and then and, and i said it like three or four times and i promised i would repeat it on online this is we've watched you know multiple films of varying quality since we've been doing this podcast Mm -hmm. and you know in my life in general i tend to enjoy you know silly stupid movies so sometimes i get ones that are a little you know real stinkers that are hard to get through this one was a challenge for me Mm -hmm. um i usually watch films at times when my you know children are sleeping so it's either usually early in the morning or in the evening after they've gone to bed so this took me, I think, five different sessions of watching to get through, and most of that is not just because I got sick of watching, and it. it was because this movie is over three hours long. Or actually, I think uh-huh. it runs right about the three hour mark, and it feels like it to me, at least. <laughs> like, um, we were talking last week about Waterworld, that it has a you know a fairly hefty runtime of two hours and twenty minutes, which I don't think ever feels like it's a long, like no. too long of a movie. Um, so that's you know that's interesting things about long films and and as the back of the dvd box reminded us kevin costner also you know wrote and directed the film dances with wolves which i think runs also right about three hours in length but i don't ever remember that one feeling like a challenge to watch like this just um yeah anyway yeah um i struggled with this one and i usually don't i usually uh just kind of sit back and enjoy, and this one felt like a chore.
1: <laughs> I, I, you had warned me, hey, this one is three hours long. But in order to, to get it in, to make sure you know, I had it, I, I'd watched, you know, by the time we record, uh, I started it the other night at ten o'clock at night, <laughs> and it was. I, I'll be, I, I got a second wind out of it actually, because I think I may have fallen asleep and then woke okay. up and was like, oh, I better start that movie. I think I, I dozed off on the couch at like nine, and then mm. at ten. I was like, oh, I guess I'll start it and see how far I get to it. And after about the first twenty minutes, I I kept watching on the edge of my seat, seeing can this get worse? And it <laughs> yeah. did. It well, in the first hour of the movie did. is
0: the part that's not as bad, and I, I it's yeah. not great, but like it just really gets worse when you know when he starts becoming the postman and it kind of dives into this like oh i don't know just super ham-fisted beat you over the head like flag-waving americanism um yeah
1: oh yeah. god
0: yeah i mean it's
1: it's a great movie to watch to for say, the fourth of july
0: yeah i mean it's definitely themed very well for the fourth of july and i will have to say that you know more so than probably in 1997 the world that it's you know set in because there's some cool ideas here like the, maybe the novel you know set forth some mm-hmm. stuff that's interesting, but the world that this is set in where it's it's post some sort of civil war in the United States of America, where white supremacist groups um, have risen up and kind uh-huh. of you know, destroyed through acts of terror and um, have destroyed the major cities of the United States and kind of factioned its population off into small, and the. Um, what were they called, the Holists, um have kind of taken power and the, you know, army basically they're they're an army infantry branch of what you imagine is a larger, you know, new-ish white supremacist government, um that is kind of cavalry unit that's kind of, you know, scouting the West and getting rid of, you know, the Riffraff and whatever. And so, in a lot of ways, this is kind of like a post-apocalyptic Western. Um, all the stuff that I just named about it is the stuff that actually works for me. And, and the, this like where I was going with that actually is, you know, being the current kind of state of American politics. This is actually, I think, probably much more terrifying than it would have been in 1997, because this seems like a future that now a lot of us might be able to picture. Um, yeah. yeah. Which, which does make the setting like. So, in the first 10 minutes of the film, I'm like, I was kind of like blown away a little bit by it. Like, wow, like this could really be, you know, maybe the reason this movie is hated so much is they just didn't have that kind of yeah, reference. It was to before the, like, its time, like perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, what I started thinking like, okay, maybe this is really going to be something that's interesting. And it, it falls apart pretty much. Well, yeah. I watched but... like the first 20 <laughs> minutes
1: and then. My wife came in, and she was like, all right, is this worth watching? And I was like, I don't know yet. I mm-hmm. mean, I'm, go- I'm going to, but I don't know yet. And she's like, all right, well, catch me up. Because she's watching it, but she's like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to give her the quick rundown, and she's like, well, what what was the war about? And eventually, it's like, you know the guys with the white polos and the tiki torches? Imagine if they won. mm Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, which is terrifying. It really is. (laughs) But it's like that's exactly the kind of shit they're talking about. It's extremely misogynistic. They're talking about how what inspired them was that American culture had weakened men and we were victims. So now we, we took our strength back. And I'm like, oh yeah. god, this sounds like and shit. No that comes mercy out of for the...
0: anyone that doesn't agree with us. And yeah, this we...
1: sounds like shit that comes out of the White House. Um... <clears throat> yeah, and
0: like, like I said, like so that stuff worked for me. That was actually very scary, and thus compelling as a setup for a movie. Like I was actually kind of all in at first on this. I was like, okay, yeah. I think this. Like like you said, I thought my thoughts were maybe this is just too ahead of its time, and it didn't seem believable in 1997, and. No, it's re- it's really just
1: not a good movie. But, no, yeah, the, um, narratively this thing just. Well, it, it, so so I mean, yeah, you've got the the back of the DVD description, which <laughs> yeah. is I, I I hadn't read that. I usually look at you know something different for the descriptions, but that that's fucking beautiful because that's oh you're God, right. It's that's just just as pretty, like it the... is. I mean, you've got this. Kevin Costner's like a drifter, right? Again, he plays a drifter in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah. Except yeah, he's a little sillier in this. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's a little more Kevin Costner in this movie than he is in Waterworld, for sure. He reminded like, me in the beginning almost of, like, Tom Waits in that one segment he did in the Buster Scruggs movie. <laughs> yeah. Kind <laughs> like of, like, walking along. he talking about his mule and shit. Mule yeah, and his, yeah. But he... Um, gets involved with this horrible military group and then escapes and inadvertently was he comes across like an abandoned or a crashed US mail truck. Yep. And he hides in it for refuge and he puts on the dead guy's uniform cuz he's cold and he starts looking at all the letters in his mailbag and kind of realizing that these are people that were trying to communicate with each other and so he tries to pretend to be a postman going to these civilization camps who are heavily guarded. As a way of getting in and getting food. Like, oh, I've got a letter for you. Which, at first, everybody has the logical response, which is, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, the world has collapsed, but you've got my mail. Okay. (laughs) I mean, essentially,
0: he's a drifter turned con man. Yeah. That accidentally starts, you know, some sort of a revolution. And I'm not sure, we never really leave the state of Oregon in this movie, so... I'm not really sure, you know what, at the end of it, like how, how much is he really made. We get the impression that this general, uh, played by Will Patton in the movie, um, is, you know, kind of a head general Bethlehem is kind of like the head honcho of the party. Right. Yeah. Um, the guy who started it, I forget what they said his name was, but there's no, one's really sure what his status is, if he's still alive or what, you know, what's going on. Um, they don't give you this. The film doesn't give you almost any information about what's actually going on in the world outside of this conflict between Bethlehem and the postman and the state of Oregon, really. So, um, yeah, I'm not sure where I was going with that, but yeah, that's it's.
1: What, what did you think of of um, Will Patton's performance as General Bethlehem in this, especially compared to the movie we talked about last week?
0: Yeah, I thought for. There are times when I liked him. Like, he was he was just the right amount over the top. But there was also times when I just thought he was... I actually thought he was kind of phoning it in sometimes. Like, he could have... Could have been brilliant in this, you know, in the, as that character. I think he had moments when it really worked. But it doesn't help that the script is just so... Like, everything in this script is, like, works in, like, cliches. Or, like, lines that came straight out of, like... I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to say propaganda because it's really not. I, I feel like its intentions are are okay. It's not like, um, it's not like a propaganda piece, really. It's just very not well. Okay, it's it's the opposite of subtle, like whatever that is. It's just right on the nose with everything it tells you, and that really, really hurts everything in this movie. So yeah. he, he as like white quote unquote white supremacist general, has to be. I don't know, like, the the dialogue they give him is just so, like, I don't know. So at times I really liked him, and at times I just, I blame the material more than the actor. Um, but, yeah, I, nobody in this film is, at, at the end, is is really great because the the writing is not really great. <laughs> it's, uh yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I felt like like Will Patton, who I actually quite like, and I've been seeing him in more stuff lately, mm-hmm. old things and new things. I'd I like to just point out that he is the lead villain on the the dc universe swamp thing series No, oh, yeah uh, yeah i didn't yeah. and uh dc reference for the week um <laughs> right. but he's he's in his very very good actually um you know i've always he's always kind of been a guy who's just there and this movie has a pretty good cast you know it's, it's not only will Patton, it but it also has Lorenz tate olivia williams uh james russo mm-hmm. and tom petty who i'm pretty sure plays himself
0: yes i was gonna say and and doesn't do a very good job playing i mean tom petty is pretty poor tom petty in this movie so but <laughs>
1: yeah they they he kind of plays himself in a way yeah you know they never say you, it but it is honestly
0: the, it was one of the worst moment cringeworthy moments of this movie that is full of cringeworthy moments and terrible slow motion um you know overly dramatic <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, uh,
0: supposed to be pulling at your heartstrings, but honestly, by the end of this thing, I just roll my eyes every time the music came up and the slow mo started. You know, it's like end them. I mean, honestly, like to to get all the way to hour number three and the way that this film ends, just the pompousness of the statue ceremony and the yeah, it's just <laughs> dances with himself.
1: Uh, is what yeah, it isn't really that Roger of, Ebert's? Yeah, <laughs> dances That's with himself. That. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's a a lot of lines in this that are just yeah. You, you mentioned cringeworthy. Just there's there is no exposition. Everything is just blatant, and and the humor that they try to put in here feels really forced. Yeah. Um, and it it, it none of it lands. Well, how about uh, the um weird.
0: Um, kind of cuckold romance situation. Yeah, I mean, like, um, the Olivia Williams plays uh, what's her name plays, um, Abby. Yeah. Abby is her name, and uh, who is the Kevin Costner's love interest in this movie? But they meet in the first town when he's pretending to be this postman, where she decides that he is a just kind of instantly decides he's a good sperm donor for her and her husband and which that in itself is not necessarily the, the awkward part of it the way that the scene plays out when you know he impregnates her is extremely awkward like because it's kind of it's shot like a romance scene
1: and uh but it's totally not um,
0: yeah i mean it, it, it from what the characters are saying it's not supposed to be but then it oh. is kind of supposed to be and i don't know so it, it makes this really awkward situation where um, you know we're right away when this happens like i'm like okay so her husband's gonna get killed at some point and mm-hmm. you know this baby gonna be anyway it's all really awkward and um i think feels awkward in the movie even though i think they were playing it like it was a romance between the two of them
1: um yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. No, <laughs> that the, the that was... thing that
0: was really hard hard for me to swallow in this movie so.
1: the music the music in this movie <laughs> needs to be mentioned
0: oh my god yeah and my my wife actually saw the last half an hour or something of this with me today and um mentioned that i should mention how bad the music is in this movie so i'm glad you brought that up it is and, and not, not just, just like
1: bad but inappropriate like yes yeah, like the yeah. score is bad the score yep. is all over the place there's really bright happy music during really horrible montages <laughs> yeah and then you've got hoedown scenes where it's <laughs> like this is post-apocalyptic yeah post-apocalyptic movie with kind of bluegrass versions of 90s pop songs and it's like wow for i mean i, I guess you'd have a lot of free time in the post-apocalypse then, to practice but here's the the biggest sin music-wise that happened in this entire film
0: is you cast tom fucking petty in this movie and you didn't do anything with one his music you have him have any musical anything in the movie right. and you can instead you made him a gag character that played himself like it's like ah i mean, wasted up talk about wasted opportunity you know <laughs> you could have had
1: any celebrity mm-hmm. in that role <laughs> because the only line is hey aren't you famous i yeah. used to be you know and that that could be anybody and then <laughs> I mean, hell, I think the movie Zombieland did a, a much better job with something like that with Bill Murray. Yeah, absolutely. You know, which was a great scene. <laughs> um, but in this, they didn't do anything with it. So it's, yeah, it was felt like it was put in there as a joke, and it's just weird. Even the whole scene with this bridge city is pointless there yeah, there dudes,
0: are, honestly just to get Kevin costner's cause there's, there's man, there are huge on the chunks like of this Wire movie thing
1: yeah there are huge <laughs> chunks of this movie that could be completely omitted and oh, yeah nothing it, would change I would yeah. recommend
0: omitting everything after the opening title sequence so <laughs> <It's>
1: a, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you wouldn't get that great climax at the end. A oh, standoff God, yeah. between all of the oh yeah
0: it comes down to they they say a bunch of like really cliche lines about how it hey, war sucks because you know the assholes that start the war don't actually fight each other we're gonna do this that you know the right way and we're just gonna fight and like, then there's yeah, a
1: wrestling just... scene there's the yes. big <laughs> wrestling scene it's about two minutes of them just <laughs> wrestling <And I'm> not, <laughs> not, not wrestling. even
0: good they're just like roll yeah exactly it's, it's, it's wrestling, wrestling. <laughs> Yeah, I'm surprised
1: it wasn't like take your shirt off. We're gonna slap. I'm surprised there weren't a couple
0: of wedgies and noogies given during that, you know, tussle. Shit.
1: Well, (laughs) yeah, just this whole fucking thing. you've got in the beginning of the movie, you've got Giovanni ravisi Oh yeah, I was going to mention. He's been in stuff by this. Yeah, and actually, his character's annoying, creepy and he's killed off right away yeah I'm like I kind of want to see he's actually him.
0: one of the better performances in this film yeah I
1: kind of want to see him fuck shit up like later I want to see him sabotage shit because he's crazy no he's just going to be crazy yeah. to die. and die the, the there were yeah I, I tried taking notes watching this but there was just so much that it was hard to, to take it like to write down so much about this because every yeah. scene has this dialogue that just doesn't fit and characters that don't make sense and stuff have
0: entire scenes that are pointless it's just so on the nose like i started writing down like in giant caps like in case you didn't get what's going on here's a little girl going to sing america the beautiful as the postman's riding away and oh well these are the bad guys how do we know they burn flags they burn the american flag every time they see it and uh-huh. uh you know just like it just <laughs> i don't know it's everything like it it's exactly like that they characterize everybody by like like that moment when the little girl breaks into song as he's riding away you know the uh-huh. first time he becomes the postman it's it's so like on the nose that they use those those moments and these like really awful you know um kind of right in your face yeah i don't even know what to call it <laughs> like but it's it's just so over-the-top obvious that um yeah there's like i said there's no exposition there's no characterization other than those things like that's how they characterize that oh you mean he's not just a bullshit artist he's he's a hero because that little girl is singing america the beautiful as he rides away that's how you know the bad guys are bad you know how they know well they shoot people they use the n-word and they burn the american flag it's like... Well, <laughs> it's, it's it's even worse than that. It's, it's
1: like, he's a hero. How do you know? Because they said, he's a hero. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's, it's like, okay, so in this version of the future, which is supposed to be 2013, mm-hmm. the only people that survive are white nationalists and really fucking corny people. That's, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. And they all, you know... I, I don't know how this whole plan for the... Uh, uh the the bad guys in it right the Mm -hmm. the whatever the hell they're called it doesn't matter the holiest the holist the the holist they don't nathan holist or something was their leader yeah they they don't who cares um it's not helping the movie they their plan makes no fucking sense because it's like they're really abusive to women there's no women in their crew right (laughs) Yeah. So how do they expect civilization to keep going? <laughs> I mean, it, it it this is really like hate women kind of a thing, you know. He, I I want to have sex with your wife, so I'm just gonna take her, do what I want, mm-hmm. and yeah, you know, yeah. Every every thing in this was just. Yeah, Hit I mean, your head honestly, the, the dialogue
0: is straight out of like I, I mentioned before, but straight out of like Mister Smith goes to Washington, but not you know, we might as well have had Jimmy Stewart as the postman. Would have been better. It would have been better, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay, have been better because Kevin. Cosner... I mean, honestly, I am shocked they didn't put a you know like a dream sequence with the ghost of George Washington in it or something like. So.
1: Well, in a couple of scenes, <laughs> the character of Abby says stuff that Kevin cosner's character, the postman's character, finds really weird. And you can tell that because he keeps saying, you're really weird. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I, uh, yeah. This I needs know. to what be I... shown with like a double feature with this and that new Glenn Danzig movie.
0: <laughs> oh, God. I, I, and I don't want to sell that short. I've heard that's so awfully... Uh, it's so just off-the-wall awful that it's it's great.
1: So this yeah. one's not <laughs> that. No. So it's like... Um, if this movie was only an hour long yeah i'd be like dude it's up there with with silent night deadly night 2 or something like that you yeah know? i
0: mean because there was there were moments where i was it did it invoked laughter at points <laughs> like yeah it's but um, it it's... but it also invoked a lot of eye rolling and a lot of oh my god it's only two uh this has only been on for two hours i have another hour
1: to go oh my god my what my life is come to this Like. guess <laughs> I do need to figure out how I, I can get a hold of Amazon Prime, Amazon Video on Demand, and get my money back for this. I, I need a scam to get my four dollars back. <laughs> yeah, for this one, honestly, yeah. I think
0: I think it's just policy. If you call call them up and say, "Hey, I watched the Postman," they're gonna be like,
1: "Oh, okay, we'll send yep. you your four dollars." <laughs> no, I did that actually once. It wasn't with Amazon, but it was some like satellite on demand with the movie Avatar Mm -hmm. because I had seen it in theaters and I didn't like it for the record I didn't like Avatar and um, I had accidentally when I turned my TV off it was like this menu thing on the dish network like click here to rent Avatar on demand and I must have accidentally clicked it when the TV was off but the dish box was still on and so, like, a month later, I get my bill, and it was, you have a charge for renting Avatar. And I actually called the lady. It was like, I've seen that movie. I hated it. I would not rent it again. <laughs> Just, they <laughs> gave me my money back. <laughs> I was like, it was an accident. Yeah. But I wish I could do that with this one. Um, I mean, this, as, as we said, building up to these two episodes, we were trying to really address, is Kevin Cosner really yes, a good actor? Yeah. And I think as a director, if... Now, we didn't talk about open range but which is just a straight up western and from everything i remember from it it's not bad um yeah you know dances with wolves is good but he more or less directed Waterworld, and he did direct this and these this this is terrible
0: this is a really poor movie yeah and and from somebody who i yeah I, from my memory and it's been a lot while since i've seen it but uh, dances with wolves is a Perfectly good, if not great, film. Yeah, and uh, I recall liking Open Range as well. So this, this is definitely a misstep for him. So I'm not gonna totally like drag him through the dirt, but this is, I mean, this is this is a poor script. <laughs> it's it's yeah, and from the poor script, it's presented even worse. Like I mean, obviously the script didn't call for at least I hope it didn't call for all the slow mo and hammy music and you know all the other things they do to make it you know that much more um, offensively. You know when somebody, like, talks to you, I mean, condescends to you and just, like, talks to you like you're stupid and over-explains everything, and Mm -hmm. um, that's what this movie felt like the whole time. Like, I wasn't, you know, born and raised in this country that I needed to be, like, force-fed its values. And like I said, it's not, like, a propaganda piece because it's not not super nationalist. It's just, like, I don't know, it's Just like telling you these things that you already know, and maybe it's trying to tell you that you take them for granted. But I don't. I don't think I personally take them for granted. I don't know.
1: Well, I mean, so like it's based on a book, right? Mm -hmm. It it is based on a rather popular novel, um, written by David Brin that came out in 1985. Uh, And I can see how, as a book, which I have not read the book, but I can see how the basic story basic story uh, mm-hmm. could have some appeal you know the whole idea is something as simple as being able to communicate through the mail is is something that can be so uplifting right being able to know because you're it just it's communication it's being able to communicate with each other over a distance that's what what unites us right yeah. and ideas can spread when you can be united and when you can communicate when you can talk to each other and the bad guys in this are trying to stifle that. Okay, I I get that. That's a it's a nice moral. I got no arguments with it. Um, there's no excuse for that story to be made into a movie this bad. <laughs> yes, it, agreed. It, and I mean, and I mean, movie made bad. It's poorly made. The the editing is god awful. It's choppy and the, either What's
0: funny about or that, it drags just, out
1: forever and not to cut you off
0: i'll no. continue in a second but but peter boyle not the actor yeah, the, editor, the editor um it's the same person that edited water Yeah,
1: yeah
0: I, I don't see any of those issues with with water but i agree with you like it's it's just poorly and maybe that's a maybe that's a KC thing you know kevin costner um kevin it, it, from what I read about Waterworld and to a little bit of what I read about the Postman, he's very decided about his vision and what, you know, goes in and so so for some people that translates to him being hard to work with. Other people say the opposite. He's a very, you know, good guy, but he's everyone agrees that he definitely knows what he wants out of something. So when people can't be when they're not collaborators they're kind of dictators on set Mm -hmm. i think you often run into these kind of situations where somebody just their movie comes out being kind of silly because their vision doesn't just doesn't translate to anybody else like it's it's, they didn't take any ideas or kind of talk it out with anybody they just said well i know how i know how to adapt this novel and i'm going to do it this way it's going to invoke all these wonderful you know patriotic or whatever they were going for, you know, pull at the heartstrings of what makes us all Americans and yada, yada, yada. Um, they, I, I think it was a total misfire and probably again, I, I'm talking, I, I'm making a lot of assumptions about Kevin Costner, but I'm basing that on, you know, people's accounts of working with him. So, mm-hmm. um, but I don't want to make excuses for him. This is a really bad movie. And you know, he, he kind of deserves, he, he's made some great movies, and he deserves to, you know, be held accountable for his terrible movie as well. I'm not going to make a bunch of excuses for it, so. You know what it really is kind of like? This is a post-apocalyptic American renaissance as written by an 8th grader who just read his entire American history textbook from 8th grade. Like, that's, <laughs> like, I don't know. Um.
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean it, it. And it's funny. It's about we, that simple. It's like about it, that simple, and it it's funny because just in the the last twenty four hours, you know, we had the uh, the in in Washington D C. There was the the Fourth of July big military parade salute to America or whatever it was that the, yeah, that, the rain out, Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. Well, there was still enough time for a speech to be yeah. made where our commander in chief suggested that the revolutionary war air force or the army did a good job of, of taking over airports um mm-hmm. yeah yeah and he I mean, blamed, that's how i always and he, and he blamed it, he blamed uh, that faux pas on a teleprompter which makes no sense either um <laughs> uh, but yeah so it's it's been it's been a few days i think i watched this on july 3rd going into the fourth you know overnight over midnight and then on the fourth I read all of that that was happening and being said um the Ram. rampart the ramparts were rammed that's when I started laughing um yeah. and uh and yeah just getting to talk about it's like wow it's been really kind of heavy with the the jingoism lately and no, yeah. all of this and, and this one's way up there with it um this almost feels like something that would be a, a confused Trump propaganda film. But but not, you know. But, yeah, but not, if but if the you know, people
0: that were the bad guys in this weren't so similar to a lot of people that are... And then, please don't anybody take me as saying that just because somebody's a Trump supporter makes them a white supremacist or a neo-Nazi, I know that people come in all different, you know, for whatever their beliefs, and I'm not going to prescribe that to anybody. However, we have seen a you know a, a, a resurgence of that kind of bullshit in this country uh since his yeah to popularity i think that's a fact and no one can argue with it so um that is the one thing i found very unsettling about this movie actually is that um some of the stuff that the the villains in this movie are saying although it's you know again the dialogue's just kind of like um does it, there's no subtlety in it whatsoever but it's the same kind of crap I read on Facebook or even, you know, see coming out of the White House on a mm-hmm. regular basis. Yeah. And it's like, my God, this is so, so yeah, like you were saying about it being based on a novel that there's some good stuff here. I just think this is
1: a terrible adaptation. It's not the way it should have no. come to. Yeah, no, the, the whole the whole scene and, the, this is supposed to be this big heartfelt scene of the little boy with the letter and cosner goes zipping past him on a horse and he turns around at the end of the lane and he comes riding past and grabs it out of his hand um and of course the little boy is played by kevin cosner's son um Mm -hmm. and that's the big statue you know it's that whole scene was just like what the fuck is the point of this it's poorly edited the music's loud and brash and mm-hmm. it just, it's, this, there's slow motion for It doesn't no actually reason. fit anywhere in the
0: narrative either. It's just kind of like inserted at a point. Yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: this just, I never, it's never very clear when this Postman character really starts to truly give a shit. I, I, I don't ever, yeah,
0: I'm not sure. Even at the end, he's still kind of like trying to dodge his responsibility a little bit i think but yeah
1: uh, yeah the, 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 the i can't stress how bad the dialogue in this is <laughs> i mean i I've, I've seen i've we've made shitty camcorder home movie things in our youth yes. that had better and i'm not patting myself on the back because those were not well made but <laughs> with more believable dialogue in a five-minute stretch,
0: yeah, I think so. This is really dead. this is, This is this
1: is a very
0: poor a sp- example, especially Hollywood cliche um, filmmaking. I don't know, just
1: yeah, a, especially definitely a, movie. a misstep
0: for especially. Although we were, we did try to start to get into Kevin Costner um, and his performance, which we kind of, I think, left turned into his direction. Did you find? kevin costner to be better or
1: um more believable in this film than in Waterworld. he he it was all he was all over the place there there was his character was all over the place and thus his performance was all over the place um i actually thought that he was really quite poor in, in this there are scenes where he's pretty good but there is no consistency from one yeah, scene to the next you know when it, at the beginning of the movie when he's on the stage and he's doing the whole like shakespeare thing it's actually pretty good that's like that's like a cool it's a cute scene but even like the scene where he's rummaging around through stuff in the beginning is kind of touchy and mm. when he gets into the the military thing he doesn't have a lot of lines but it, it yeah he everything felt stilted and unsure this whole movie felt silted and unsure of itself. Including yeah. performances. I There's nobody, even Lorenz Tate, who's a very good actor, especially, and he's in a ton of stuff in the late 90s, early 2000s, um, really feels like he's trying to just over-emote so he can get the <laughs> pat on the back from Kevin and he can go home that night with a paycheck. It's really how it feels yeah. with everybody in this movie. Is that they're all just like, okay, I'll, i'll say it a little more sinister or a little more passionate and then i'm done but none of it's believable
0: yeah Um, it's
1: i kind of imagine Lorenz tate in
0: this was actually like like his character to kevin costner that's my how i imagined it going on set as mm -hmm. well so (laughs) maybe not really
1: yeah i i don't know i I uh, really wonder what what costner was thinking here i mean this the same guy who directed and started dances with wolves which I just said is mm-hmm. still a very very good movie, um, and then he does this. And it's just, <laughs> yeah, like, he learned nothing from Waterworld, apparently, because th- yeah, this no, is
0: worse. It, it seems like yeah, a lot of the same mistakes, if, if more of more mistakes actually, and mm-hmm. just yeah. I mean, it seems like at some point, like maybe. He would have realized that this was going off the off the rails or something, but it seems like he just doubled down on this the style of this film, and it's just it just doesn't work. It doesn't work for the '90s. I imagine it didn't work, and it really seems uh, like I don't know if dated is even the right word because, like I said, I don't think it, I don't even think it would have worked when it was new, but which it, it didn't. I mean, it's been universally panned.
1: Um, well, and I'm gonna throw out a, a spoiler here at the end that at the end of the movie when they're dedicating this statue, it's Mary Stuart Masterson is his grown up daughter who's doing the statue (laughs) dedication. And she's uncredited in the movie. I didn't know yeah, I didn't know she didn't have a credit. And and I don't know why. Is if this is supposed to be a clever cameo, it's not. (laughs) And if or was it her saying, I don't want my name on this It's yeah, like maybe... it's just an odd choice to throw in at the end there's a lot of weird cameos in this like Most, I said I mean the Tom Petty one we talked about earlier and yeah essentially Giovanni Ravisi is is a cameo in this and that's weird um, a lot of a lot of uh, will Patton's cronies and his thugs and stuff I recognize from other movies and stuff but not yep. I don't think a lot of them were credited either it this is a good example of like okay so somebody has shown that with with proper studio guidance because we were you know we talked before you know in various movies that even with Waterworld last week about how you can kind of tell that there was some issues behind the scenes and you had mm-hmm. mentioned justice league right as another example where directors had swapped as bad as that is when that happens i think this is a good movie to watch as a good example of what happens when a studio is completely hands-off. <laughs> yeah, and just lets the director do their own thing. Right. It, yeah. You, I, I wonder, because I know that editor Peter Boyle has worked with Kevin Cosner a lot, I have to mm-hmm. wonder if Cosner edited this and Boyle was just like, yeah, you can use my shit and my equipment, here you go. <laughs> and I'll, I'll get the credit for it. Because it, this feels like the way this film is edited... The way it visually tells that story. The pacing and everything. Feels arrogant. Yeah, I,
0: the, the whole thing. Yeah, that's the best word to describe this entire movie. You know, like,
1: It really feels like... it's Well, this is the way I'm going to do it. Fuck you. I it understand really feels the
0: perfect way. way to live. And I understand the perfect America. And I'm going to present it to you. And if you don't agree with me, then you're the bad guys. And if you... Like,
1: yeah, it's just... Um, so I guess if you had to give uh, the postman a grade, okay. if I have to ask, well, you know, I'm gonna, I'm,
0: I'm gonna say there is enough going on here that I found interesting in the first hour that I'm not gonna totally give it an F, but um, yeah, it's it's really long, it's really poorly written, and. It just feels like somebody's beating you over the head with the American flag by the end of the movie, and it's the style of the film is like so unflinchingly cheesy. It just, it's totally deserving of all its bad reviews, and I think I would give it a D or a D minus. And it's only being saved by the like the premise of the film itself being something that I find interesting. Um, but execution and pretty much I would not recommend anybody sit through this thing. I. I don't remember if I know anyone who likes this film. If you do, write in and let me know why. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm gonna let him get away with it. Not give it an F because I find the premise of it to be interesting, and because for about 20 minutes it convinced me that it was gonna be a good movie.
1: But well, I'll I'll let you be the the nice cop here because I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go with just a straight up F on this one. And and I, I hear what you mean about i like the ideas behind it but then again these aren't new ideas and there's there's so i i'm not going to be personally i'm not going to be that generous with it and the beginning of it felt like a totally different movie this this the way that time works in this film makes no sense (laughs) one thing we didn't mention before is the character of abby is pregnant and now they're living in a cabin up in the mountains so he can get healed from a gunshot wound to the stomach and her stabbing or something he got injured in the stomach really bad mm-hmm. and they've got to be up there for a few months because they're like wintered in right and she... then spring comes spring comes and they head down out of the mountain she is pregnant the entire time she never shows <laughs> yeah <laughs> ever like she doesn't show pretty much at all in this entire movie so i don't know how the time works how one minute he can barely roll out of the bed and the next scene, which is supposed to be the same day, he's like running. Mm-hmm. It's just, So it's it's so poorly made that, and and as much as I think this could be a good story, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a new story. So it's right. unoriginal and poorly made, poorly written, poorly directed, poorly acted. I, it's just, I got nothing. There were scenes where it's like this could get cool i
0: didn't (laughs) yeah and there's very as as the back of the dvd box mentions the one thing i gotta give it is there are very um breathtaking wilderness vistas and it does shot on location in oregon it's very beautiful um scenic um and honestly i'm grasping it that that's trying to pull the one positive thing well because it is it's nice nice film to look at i guess if you don't have to deal with the the weird editing choices but
1: there are aspects in the first 20 minutes that make you think that it could be good so it does supply hope Yes, but I it guess never it delivers says, like the the message it think the movie thinks it's making. Then, but yeah, it, I guess so, yeah. But. This this is one of those. It's either that bad or it's so meta it's good. And I don't think that's what's it's going that on. <laughs> it's that bad. It's that bad. It's so. that bad.
0: Whoever wrote and you know directed and made this film does not understand the concept of meta. There's no way.
1: <laughs> like that's true. Yeah. Well, so anyway. at least we got that one off of our chest. And up uh, coming up on the video junk air podcast in upcoming weeks we've got a whole mixed bag of stuff that we're going to be looking at but hopefully good right when i say mixed bag yeah. i don't mean mixed bag bad like this i um, hope so <laughs> we've so we're going to be doing a couple of our uh, forgotten franchises again with our good friend to the show ryan steiskel uh and we're going to do some other science fiction stuff uh dealing with aliens and space armies and things like that which should be a lot of fun giant uh, bugs if we're not being too subtle (laughs) um and then also going to be looking at uh, a couple of films from some of our favorite uh long gone unfortunately directors uh looking at some kind of cool thematic stuff dealing with split personalities and also we're going to be playing around lesser-known favorites
0: from favorite directors yeah Um, yeah yeah
1: that's a nice way of putting it and also going to be looking around a little bit at some kind of classic comic strip era uh, inspired films as well so we got a lot of fun stuff coming up over the next couple of months on the the junkyard and uh, we'll be keeping you all posted as we get it scheduled dare i tease our our
0: triumphant return well and i guess some of the the director stuff will be there, but our triumphant return to the world of horror, which we've actually yes. stayed away from for a unique amount of time. And uh, also a new guest host, who I'm not allowed yet to name because we've yet to book him, but we're right. looking forward to an, yeah, have, having a new guest host
1: for you in the coming weeks. So, Yes, yes, with some exciting news, and this will be kind of a Video Junker podcast exclusive kind of thing, so I'm very excited about that. So, keep, uh, keep listening, and feel free to drop us a line if you have any comments personally on The Postman, Waterworld, or any other Kevin Costner films. Uh, feel free to shoot us an email at videojunkerpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter at videojunkpod, or on Facebook at our Video Junker Podcast Facebook page or the Video Junkair Podcast group page.
0: And as we always say, if you take the time to write it, we will take the time to read it. Send your review of Waterworld, The Postman, or any
1: movie we've reviewed on the podcast, and we will certainly make time to read it on the show. And I want to thank everybody for listening. This is the Video Junkyard Podcast. I'm Joe Peterson. And I'm Eric L. Branson. Have a good night.
0: You have been listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm
2: having an old friend for dinner. You just can't let them go? Go. Stay on the road.
0: Keep clear to the moors. We want to take this opportunity to thank you for listening to the Video Junkyard Podcast and remind you to find us on social media on Facebook at facebook.com slash Video Podcast on Twitter at Video videojunkpod, and on Instagram as Video Junkyard Podcast, all one word. Want to thank you again for listening and keep digging. Who knows what treasures you'll find in the Video Junkyard.